Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about something that is definitely more professional and personal as opposed to, you know, making your business successful, but it does pertain to being successful in business. And it's a topic that applies to employers, employees, people in the job market, people who do hiring. Hello, it applies to virtually everybody. And what's even more fun is this is a repeat guest. And the really cool thing is both my guests this week are repeat guests, which I so much enjoy because it means that these are people who have fabulous information that really, really pertains to you know, everybody, and we weren't able to cover it all in the first hour. So please join me in welcoming back to our program today, Rebecca Barnes-Hogg. Rebecca, welcome back. Thanks, Deb. It's great to be back. I had so much fun with you on the first show that I can't wait to have even more fun with you on this show. Yay, I love it, I love it. So for folks um, who didn't listen the, the first time, because it has been a while, or even if they did listen, let's just go ahead and give your bio so that they can uh, they know who you are. So Rebecca Barnes-Hogg is a serial connector of small businesses with their ideal employees. She first discovered this talent as a teenager when she helped her high school classmates find summer jobs. Her career in corporate America encompassed all facets of business. Rebecca recognized early on that at the center of every business is its people. Throughout her career, Rebecca excelled at putting the right people in the right positions to make things happen. In 2011, she founded YOLO Insights to make sure that no small business is held back because they are unable to find the talented people they need. Her passion for hunting purple unicorns or in real life words, ideal employees, shows in the transformation she helps small businesses achieve. Rebecca's recruiting insights have been featured in Business News Daily, U.S. News and World Report, CBS Small Business Pulse, Market Watch, Hotel Executive, and HR Magazine. Rebecca is also a co-author of Rethinking Human Resources, a 2015 anthology. And, you know, so let's... Tell us first a little bit more about your company, because it is specifically for HR people. But the reason why it's so important is it, it, this also gives uh, a great deal of information and insight for people who are looking for jobs. You're right, Deb. I work primarily with businesses. So mm -hmm. that could be the business owner who doesn't have an HR department. Okay. Or it could be HR departments who are, you know, more generalist but don't have expertise in recruiting and just need that supplemental support. Mm -hmm. But from a job seeker perspective, this gives you kind of a sneak peek behind the curtain right. so that you know what employers are looking for and mm -hmm. the processes they use. So you can use that uh, undercover intel, if you will, to be more effective and more targeted in your approach to the companies where you would like to work and you right. would like to get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is, is so true because, I mean, how many times as a potential employee have we thought, 
what the heck are they looking for? Um, you know, and, and, and we don't know, you know, but the information that you provide really is helpful because we're thinking, you know, we're able to look at it as a potential employee and go, oh, this is this, you know, these are the steps that they're taking. This is what they're doing. And so it just helps everyone in the process. It, it really does. And it, it's funny on my blog, I have a lot of job seekers mm-hmm. that read it and then they'll send me an email and say, thank you so much for that posting. Mm-hmm. Now I know what I'm doing wrong. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I do on occasion work with job seekers and, you know, give them interview coaching and help or help them with uh, social media pro- mm-hmm. profiles and, you know, some of the tech things that a job seeker, you know, maybe hasn't had to focus on in a number of years. And now suddenly they're thrown into a job market right. unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And now they have to figure out, well, you know, how do I use all these tools to find a job. You know, I haven't had to do that in 10 years or 20 years mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Or, or maybe it's a college student just coming out of school and looking for their first job and they're just getting advice from all over the place and they don't know what's good advice and what's not good mm-hmm. advice. So what better place to go to than the, the people who are out there searching for you? Right. Well, and a lot of times it is things like, the, the, the subtle things that the the recruiter, the HR person is looking for, like typos in a resume, how you're dressed. Um, it was funny on the radio the other day, someone was they, now it was a rant. And it's one of those where it, it is what he does. It's it's a one minute rant on a, on, the, on a radio program. And he was talking about how it's not good for businesses to hire people who smoke. Now, clearly, that is, you know, not something you can ask in an interview or all these various things, because, you know, that's that's um, could be a health related question. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you can't ask that. But his point was it leads to uh, increased insurance costs, um, you know, when they uh, have to to leave at certain points during the day to have a cigarette. That's a a cost. Um, Non-smoking employees are asking for more time off based on the fact that the, the smokers are getting extra, all these various things. And but what he said was HR people are, you know, one of the subtle things they're looking at people's fingernails. Are they yellow from tobacco? You know, do they do their clothes smell like tobacco? You know, all these various. And I was just fascinated by that because it really is one of those subtle things that an HR person, that a recruiter will pick up on. And you never even know that was why you didn't get the job. Oh, yeah. And it's it's goes even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. There are companies now that are using AI, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and video interviews are becoming more and more popular. And if you do some research on the artificial intelligence and what these video interviews do, they're analyzing your facial expression. Right. So, for example, if you're talking about a prior boss mm-hmm. and a negative expression flashes across your face even for a millisecond, mm-hmm. that AI interface is picking that up. Yeah, can you imagine? Wow. So, you know, you have to be hyper aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. because every little thing is getting noticed. And it was interesting you mentioned those fingernails because I actually had a candidate not get a job based on fingernails. And the reason was this was an account executive for 
um, a, a brokerage, an mm-hmm. insurance agency. And when the gentleman went into interview, the interviewers got turned off because the as a man, they felt that his fingernails were excessively long mm-hmm. and they said they were just filthy and gross, ew. Mm-hmm. like, ooh. And they're like, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. like, even if I personally could overlook that, mm-hmm. I can't send that person out in front of my clients right? because my clients are going to like, wow, if that mm-hmm. guy can't take care of personal hygiene, like mm-hmm. even if the nails are excessively long, uh, keep them clean. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little different, but you know, if they're clean, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think people could overlook a long fingernail if it was mm-hmm. clean and well groomed. Right. But if that's 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 how small an issue mm-hmm. will cost you a job. And here's another good example of one of my clients that I work with all the time. I I love her to death. I describe her as a little energizer buddy on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like she is in overdrive all the time. And she would come to me and she would say, Rebecca. I'm hiring these people. They can't keep up with me. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, well, when you walk them from the lobby to the conference room or your office, wherever you're interviewing them, do they keep pace with you as you walk? And she said, wow, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, so even something like that. Right. You know, how quickly you're following. Like, are you lagging behind? And I said, mm-hmm. now, you know, here's a little caution with that because maybe they're lagging behind because you have some fantastic artwork or you have mm-hmm. awards or something on the wall that they've stopped to take a look at. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case and there are, you know, 10 steps behind you and that's the interview, that's, that's to me says that's an indication of their ability to pick up on clues like, you know, we're a fast paced environment. Mm-hmm. So just walking fast down a hall is part of their culture. Right. Like people do things quickly. And if and if you're not picking up on those clues as the person doing the interview or as the interviewee, then, you know, it could cost a job because mm-hmm. the employment market right now, you know, economically speaking, we're at full employment. Right. So as an employer, that means your next employee already works for someone else mm-hmm. and you have to persuade them to come to work from for you because you're better. Right. So it's, it's tough for employers right now to mm-hmm. get those good people. So they have to really be hyper aware of all these little minute details and what they might mean and how they might affect performance on the job mm-hmm. because right. all of that goes into getting that fit that cultural fit, that alignment, as well as the technical skill. And that's what makes a good employee. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I do uh, quite a bit of training with people who are in the job market. Specifically, I'm, I'm talking about social media with them. But I tell them that there are so many people who are applying for jobs now that recruiters and HR people are initially looking for ways to exclude you. You know, and, and whether it's a typo, whether it's, you know, you're in, in your LinkedIn profile and your resume, you don't return a call quickly enough, dirty fingernails, all those various things, you know, it's just immediate. They, you know, they go on to the next candidate because there are so many that they can choose from. Right, right. And, and I think too, we're all time crunched. Mm-hmm. 
so we don't have time to stop and think mm-hmm. about, well, you know, what caused that mm-hmm. typo. Right. I detest autocorrect. I know. Because it'll put the wrong word in, but it's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I did not type that. But yet between the time I looked at it and the time I hit send, some little computer gremlin changed it. Right. right. <laughs> and I can't retract it now. No. So. But. <laughs> Well, speaking of social media, that's really what we wanted to talk with you about today was how recruiters and HR people use social media as part of the recruiting process. And, you know, I I mentioned that I, I give training on that. And, you know, it's amazing how many people, even for entry level positions, let alone mid and senior level management, are really using social media as part of that tool, whether it's actually posting jobs or doing a little research on people. And so, you know, in, in fact, the, the stat that I have seen is that it's over 87%. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those things where we can't ignore it. You know, as a job seeker or a person who is potentially thinking, hey, you know, I could be in the job market in the, the not so distant future, we just have to pay attention and really make sure that what we're doing is phenomenal. But talk to us about you know, kind of that trend because it, it does in a, in a lot of ways, holy schmoly, that's creepy. And that's a little big brother, but you know, why are, you know, why is that really increasing in use by um, people when they're, they're interviewing people and, and looking at candidates? It goes back to what I said earlier, people are time crunched. Mm-hmm. So anything they can do to shorten the amount of time they spend. Mm-hmm. So from the, the hiring manager, the HR person's perspective, If I can go on social media and search for that person and in a few minutes realize, yeah, maybe this person isn't right, Mm -hmm. I can save myself the time of an hour-long interview. Right. Right? And an hour saved on someone who might not work out is is money. Mm -hmm. It's money and time and other important things that they could spend their time on. There's an opportunity cost for them Mm -hmm. in how they spend their time. So when you are looking at that, you know, it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. because you can also exclude a good person because you interpret what you see in the wrong way. Right. And so I think, you know, HR people need to balance what they see with Mm -hmm. their judgments and their, you know, we all, we have our own internal bias. Right. Right. You know. There's nothing we can do about it. It's part of human nature. It's formed by how we're, you know, grown up and experiences and the people we interact with. All of that forms these biases that are be behind what we do. And we tend to look for and listen for things that reinforce our opinions mm-hmm. or, you know, our preferences. Right. And we put our view on what we're seeing rather than think about, well, maybe what was this person really doing? Mm-hmm. Is it is is our interpretation valid? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that causes people to overlook really good qualified candidates because they're not looking for other reasons why that might be. Mm 
So right, their account could be hacked. It could somebody else could have posted the picture, um, you know, all these various things, and and yeah, so it needs to be filtered. Is probably, right, but right. you know, it comes back to like you said, people are limited by time, and if say they have a hundred job candidates and they're only going to bring in ten, well. They're going to go through those hundred candidates really pretty fast to get down to that ten. Um, so it, it is something as simple as uh, you know a typo on your resume or hmm I don't really like that picture on Facebook. <laughs> you know? and, right and all of those right. things like, away they go. Right, right, and you know I think too you you have to realize that we also have short attention spans now we've been trained by you know 140 or 280 now character tweets um bite-sized chunks of information so literally your resume or your first contact with a recruiter or hiring manager they only will spend at most 5 to 7 seconds i know that's it's incredible. crazy they glance at it and if something jumps out at them positive they put it in the positive pile Mm-hmm. And then they'll go back and read more. Mm-hmm. Right. But th- that's the key for the job seeker is that you need to make sure that whatever you have front and center is going to capture attention. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to know that and to capitalize on that insider knowledge. So before you start applying for jobs, go to your social media and make sure you have a professional picture, even on Facebook for your profile and your cover. And then, you know, lock down your posts and other things and eliminate some of that, you know, judgment that might come. I hate that word. You know, we're all very judgy and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, lock it down. Don't, don't have everything public. Mm -hmm. And that way you have some degree of control over what those people are seeing on Mm -hmm. Facebook. Right. And yeah, I don't think you get that same ability on the other platforms like on LinkedIn right. or Twitter mm-hmm. or Snapchat mm-hmm. or, you know, any of the other ones. But where you have control over who sees what, mm-hmm. use it. Right. Use those tools. Well, and it's important to note on Facebook that, you know, for example, me, I have my posts as public. Not always a good thing. I mean, just for a variety of reasons. But because of what I do, I want more people to see what I'm posting. And I always, you know, post appropriately, all those various, I tell people my mother reads my Facebook post. So, you know, I, I need to keep it. <laughs> but, you know, say I change my settings to only my friends so that only people I'm connected with see those posts. The problem is it's not retroactive. So it doesn't go back and change all of those posts that I did from, from, uh, public to private. So maybe, you know, I posted vacation pictures where, you know, I went and did something I really shouldn't have been doing, but it was fun. And I posted those pictures three or four years ago, but they were publicly posted. And because of that, they can be seen by somebody going to my Facebook page. So, you know, you not only have to, to think about going forward, you have to go back and look at pictures and think, okay, you know, what was the settings on this? And you can change the setting on each one. But maybe you should just delete it. I mean, you know, if yeah. you're looking at it and thinking, hmm, you know, I was sitting there at that table and the entire table was covered with empty alcohol glasses. Maybe I should just delete that picture. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, you know, it's, it, that yeah. is, and that's really hard when you're a job seeker is to go back because we all think, well, we make the change. And so going forward, it's okay. No, it's, you, you need to look at what happened in the past. 
Yeah. And those photos appear at the top of your profile, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the first thing that someone's going to look at because it's fast and Mm -hmm. it's easy. Right. Yeah. So there is a lot of work. I think if you've had that in your past that you want to um, do some significant cleanup there. Yeah. And then just be conscious of that, you know, going forward. Like I, I have a love hate relationship with Facebook. Right. Like I, I like being able to connect with people there and have mm-hmm. great conversations with them. And, you know, it's a business tool for me as well, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really hard for me to balance as a business person, the, the line, and you mentioned it yourself between personal and professional. Mm-hmm. And what, what I've done is I've created private closed groups mm-hmm. For those kinds of pictures that I want to share mm-hmm. with friends, but my clients and the general public, they don't need to know mm-hmm. that. They don't need to know me that well. Right. Well, yeah. I have one of those for family reunions, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and there we can share pictures. We can, and you know, there, you, there's never anything that's going, you know, that, that anybody could be judgy about to use that term again uh, about our family reunions. But yeah, my friends don't need to see the pictures, you know, of this generation and that generation and, you know, all those various things. So, yeah, we have a, a, a private group. So that's an option really for people who want to have that shareability mm-hmm. and yet still maintain a professional image while they're going through a, a job search right. and, and, uh, you know, kind of overcome that barrier that many people don't even know is there. And I always recommend to candidates to Google themselves every once in a while to just see what else is, see what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Because, you know, I had a candidate not be considered for a job because of information that showed up in a Google search surrounding you know, it was a situation where this particular candidate had to have a professional license. Mm. And, you know, 10 years ago, there was a little blurb of an article that said there was some form of administrative discipline. Mm -hmm. And it was on this professional licensing site, but it doesn't tell you what that was. So it could have been horrendous or it could have been a tiny little infraction. Right. But they never knew. Because they didn't want to even talk to this person because of that. Now, it could have been as simple as, you know, he failed to pay his dues on time or something silly, you know. And it was 10 years ago. And, you know, people change. They learn. They grow. Mm -hmm. You know, life lessons happen. And some of them are pleasant and some not so pleasant. So, you know, those kinds of things, if you know in advance you can set an expectation. Mm-hmm. So for this client, I said, you know what, in the future, or for the candidate, I said, in the future, knowing that that's out there, if you can't get it removed mm-hmm. from that website, then tell people up front what right. happened. Right. Right. So you know in advance and you can mitigate their saying, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's got that ding 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Don't want to talk to him. Right. I, I saw an extreme example of that, and and it, you know it was very memorable. Obviously, this gentleman showed me his cover letter one time, and he literally said in it, "When you Google me, which I know you will, please understand I am not the murderer." He had the <laughs> same name as oh a murderer, and you know, and, and that's that's of course where it gets really tricky is when people have names that 
you know, that someone, they, you know, I mean, there's lots and lots of people who have the same name as someone else. So, you know, it's not just you that you have to be worried about. It's all of your doppelgangers that are out there. You know? And so you're right. <laughs> Google yourself and find out what the heck somebody's going to see. You know, and I tell people the online search that an HR person does is often your first interview. And then they decide yay or nay, um, you know, and, and so yeah, what are they going to find? Right. And, and you don't know that that's happened. Mm-hmm. You can maybe surmise, but right. you never know for certain. Yeah. Right. Because they certainly yeah. don't tell you. You mm-hmm. just you just don't hear back. Um, right. You know, and that that is one of my pet peeves. You know, when you're applying for jobs and you you apply and then it goes off into the ozone. You know, you don't even get that. Thank you so much for your submission. Um, you know, and, and so you don't know. Did they get it? Did they not get it? You know, all those various things. But that's that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> that sure is. <laughs> so from an HR perspective, what social media sites are important? You know, we're and, and LinkedIn is is a given. You know, you absolutely positively have to have an a stellar LinkedIn profile, even if you have to hire someone to write it for you, you know, all those various things. But what other sites do do recruiters use? It's really going to depend on the type of job. So okay. if you're in some kind of a marketing or uh, web design or uh, programming, coding, mm-hmm. something like that, they're going to look at sites where those people would typically be. So okay. as a designer, you might even have your own website. Mm-hmm. So, and GitHub is a great community. Recruiters use that a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot of technical positions there. Okay. There are other things that you may not even consider, like Meetup. An event, right. right? Like if you have profiles on sites like that mm-hmm. and you're attending different groups, that's now on people's radar. Mm-hmm. And and it's there not just if you apply, but uh, you and I were talking before the show, Deb, about the economy and we're at basically full employment and mm-hmm. and people that you want to hire are working for someone else. So you have to go out and look for those passive candidates, Mm -hmm. you know, so they may be happy where they are, but they're open to listening to you. If you approach them about a new opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So recruiters are going out to these sites as sort of like undercover agents and they're interacting with people and they're Mm -hmm. learning about them. And I use these sites all the time as a recruiter Mm -hmm. to connect with people who from my interactions on these social channels, I think would be great candidates for the clients who've hired me to help them recruit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, part of what I do is going out and identify who those passive candidates are that might be ready for a move. So when I look at LinkedIn, for example, I, I would look at someone who'd maybe been in their job two or three years Mm -hmm. because that might indicate to me they're ready for a move. A promotion may not be available where they are. Mm -hmm. And so that's great information for me to reach out to that person. So on that profile, I'm going to look at on LinkedIn um, how long you've been in your job. If it looks like it might be you've been there long enough to have developed the skills and you might be ready for the next step in your career, I'm going to look at things that you've done, projects, those kinds of things. And then I'm going to send you an in-mail or a connection request and start a conversation with you mm-hmm. and then talk about this opportunity. So you want to make sure 
if you are in that group of people who are actively looking or you're, you know, eh, I'm okay where I am, but if the right opportunity came along or someone approached me and that's my dream job, mm -hmm. I'm ready for that. Right. So wherever you are on social media, if you're in these what would be more job-specific kind of channels, so it could be meetups, it could be a community on a technical website, um, all those kinds of things, you would want to maximize that so that a recruiter looking at that knows exactly what you want. Right. So they're not, because we don't want to waste our time any more than we want to mm -hmm. waste your time. Mm -hmm. right. So if you're open to certain things, then we need to know that. And that's the reason we will contact you. Mm -hmm. So until we know what you're interested in, we may contact you for things that just are just something you would never consider. Right. So you help a recruiter by being really specific about what you love, what you're passionate about. Um, and, and some of that will come through in discussions on these boards around topics. So, um, you know, one of, as a recruiter, I participate in a lot of recruiting boards mm -hmm. and I always get companies coming to me saying, we'd love you to come and be a recruiter for our company. Well, if I wanted one of those dreaded JOBs, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I might right. be open to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as a, as a business owner and, you know, for me, that's, it's always kind of like, oh, wow, they, they like what I'm doing and mm -hmm. it's like a little boost to my ego, but it's not for me. Right. So be conscious of that, mm -hmm. you know, because even when you're interacting in a, a chat group or an online forum or something like that, there could be recruiters or hiring managers or other companies in there mm -hmm. who are learning about you and what you like. And, and that's also an opportunity to showcase your skills and build relationships with people. So a, a job that might come available a year or so later, you already have an in. Right. with that company mm -hmm. and they know you and mm -hmm. they've built a relationship with you. And so they're maybe not even going to go look and see what you've been doing on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's why I tell people, even if you love your job right now, keep your LinkedIn profile current and be using it, you know, and, and all of those things, because you never know when you might get that offer. You can't refuse. I knew somebody who did, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's very important. It, now, I, I taught a class just you know, last week on using social media in a job search, and I got a question from somebody that, you know, it's, it's one of those that's, it's a tricky subject. And so I, I wondered from your perspective how this would be handled. So what she said was she's currently employed but looking for another job. So how does she address that in, say, her LinkedIn summary without getting fired from her current job? <laughs> and, and because that's the thing, you know, you don't want to put in there open to opportunities or, you know, all those various things that are, you know, the ding, 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 she's looking for something else. And so, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, what do you say to that? You know, what are there key phrases that you're looking for? Or is it just that you're looking for someone in general and, and, you know, if they're using the right keywords that come up in your searches, things like that? Yeah, there are two things there that I would recommend, Deb. In the LinkedIn profile, there are choices you can make. And I'd have to go back into LinkedIn and, and look where exactly you find them. But you can 
check off boxes of what you're interested in on LinkedIn. And so one of them is career opportunities. Mm -hmm. So if you check that box, that's not visible to the general public. Okay. However, if you're a recruiter and you're using LinkedIn to search Mm -hmm. and depending on what paid version of the LinkedIn recruiting program you have, Mm -hmm. you can search only for those people who've checked off that box. Holy schmoly, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little insider tip. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so definitely do that. So if you're always going to be open to a career opportunity, make sure you have that checkbox tick that, Mm -hmm. um, and that will allow recruiters They'll they'll know you're open right now. If so, if your boss reads your profile, they're still they thinking that you're the greatest yeah. person in the world. Ah. Yeah, they they never see that. Okay. So the second piece to that answer is there are still recruiters who don't use the paid LinkedIn recruiting tools. Right. So they're using things like what we call X-ray searching. So it's a Google search. It's the Boolean search strings. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. So I can search for, um, you know, one of the terms is in the URL. Mm-hmm. You know, it should, would be the site is LinkedIn and that sort of thing. So okay. I can put in all these parameters mm-hmm. and search for people in whatever geographic area and certain keywords. Mm-hmm. Now, what I don't see without that pay tool is whether or not they're open to opportunities. Right. And that's when I go in there and I look for things like tenure in their current position. Mm-hmm. And I look for and, and I these people come up because I've put in certain keywords. Right. So if I'm looking for a bookkeeper in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm going to put the area in the prof- to look for LinkedIn profiles in the Charlotte, North Carolina area mm-hmm. with a job title of bookkeeper. And then I'm going to put in some keywords mm-hmm. of the things that my right. client are looking for. Right. So books so, or, you or know, whatever you know, program they're using, all those various things. Right. And I might want someone who is um, maybe studying for their CPA. Mm-hmm. So that might be a, a, a keyword in there. Or I might some, want someone who is um, has one of the QuickBooks certifications. So if you have those things, make sure they're in your LinkedIn profile because mm-hmm. you're going to show up in a search that's not through the LinkedIn platform because people are going to be doing all sorts of searches for you. Mm -hmm. And then once you kind of know that work samples are phenomenal things to put on LinkedIn. So if you have something that you've done, uh, you know, a a tip or a tool Mm -hmm. or something that's not proprietary to your employer that you can post publicly, Mm -hmm. use it. Put it out there because that's the stuff that recruiters love to find and they're easily searchable. Right. And the other thing you can do, um, and then the, the employers listening are now going to go do this for all their employees, uh-huh. but um, image searches are awesome ways to be found. Mm-hmm. So there are all these photo sites out there. And I wrote a blog post recently about this. It's, it was in the one I had, um, I want to say it was sometime during January, um, easy and, and fun search techniques that are free. And, and I go through like a couple of different sites where, you know, you can use images to Mm -hmm. post your resume. So you can have your resume out there Uh and maybe your boss won't see that. 
but a recruiter who's doing searches is going to find you. Okay. Yeah, because in the description of the image, I'm assuming that's where you'd put keywords. You know, and and so you, it's exactly. you know, not so important that you're putting your name there, but you're putting QuickBooks, accounting, North Carolina, whatever. That's exactly right. Aha! Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Well, now one of the other questions that I got at the the seminar was, uh, you know, how does someone word? And and again, this is in their LinkedIn profile because I always tell people you start with your resume and then you expand on it in LinkedIn, and and that's where you're able to provide much more detail, work samples, all those various things. And she works in an in an industry where there's a lot of changes that are happening. Lots of buyouts, lots of mergers, lots of acquisitions, lots of companies just closing. And so she's been downsized, not once, but twice. And she said, you know, how do you address it so that, you know, because she, she worked at those companies under two years so that, you know, I know in in a lot of cases, that's kind of a red flag because you're thinking, okay, this person is a job hopper. No, her, her company was downsized. So how do you word that in your LinkedIn profile? Yeah, that's always tricky. But, you know, if it's a large company and it's been in the news. That's what I told her, yeah. Mm -hmm. Put it in there. Mm -hmm. You know, as you may have noticed in the news, you know, Mm -hmm. XYZ company went through a round of layoffs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had the short stick. Right. I I was the unlucky one Mm -hmm. and, you know, open to new opportunities and, Mm -hmm. you know, this was my next jump. And right. so the beauty of LinkedIn is that it doesn't have to be a traditional resume. Mm-hmm. You can use LinkedIn and even in your blurb at the top, you get that little paragraph or so that mm-hmm. you can explain things or tell what you're about. Right. You know, being through those downsizings gives you a different perspective on things mm-hmm. that could add value. Mm-hmm to a new company. So maybe right. in that introductory paragraph you get on LinkedIn, you can say, you know, as as an employee who went through a reduction in force at XYZ company, I learned valuable skills that then I applied to ABC company. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, they went through the merger and acquisition and my position was eliminated as part of that I had these valuable skills mm-hmm. that I'm now using in my current position at, you know, LMNOP company. Mm-hmm. And and that way you tell people up front what happened, right. but you do it in a way that shows experience and learning and outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I think that's what you can do. And, and I would recommend anyone do this regardless is your resume shouldn't be a, uh, a reiteration of your job description. It right. should be a solution-oriented, mm-hmm. outcome-based yeah, marketing. Yeah, tell people numbers, numbers, marketing. numbers. <laughs> right. You want to show results. Mm-hmm. You want to show people that you can solve their problem because mm-hmm. they're hiring you to help them either solve a problem or keep problems from happening. Mm-hmm. And what you can show on a LinkedIn profile is how you do that. Mm-hmm. And that's where those... Things like, you know, putting work samples out there or short little videos, uh, slide share, all of those things become important tools for you to showcase your work and your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned the various other things that, that you can do in LinkedIn. And 
one of the sections that I always tell people to include, and almost always I get at least several eye rolls, is the volunteer section. How important is it from your side, from the HR recruiting side, to see you know someone's volunteering and and what they've done? I think you know that that importance is going to vary by company right. and employer. I tell college graduates without a lot of work experience that that is a necessity mm-hmm. because that's where they can say, I got experience that translates to the business world, right. to a corporate job, to well, and whatever so many position. colleges require that. You know, right. And so it's, it's a great way to say, hey, I helped them promote this event they were doing or whatever. Right, right. And I worked with a young man who was graduating um, from the local college here, and he said, but all I've ever done is, you know, I worked part-time at the grocery store and then I did some volunteer work. That's all the experience I have. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, think about what you did at the grocery store. Did you interact with customers? Well, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, and in the job you want, will you be interacting with customers? Well, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, how did you, what skills did you use? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had some, you know, good listening skills, good communication skills, problem solving skills, Mm -hmm. um, empathy for the customer situation, negotiation, calming them down, helping them find things, you know, all of those things Mm -hmm. you're going to do in, you know, in in his words, in my first real job. Right. (laughs) But you, you gain those skills. So you know, even if you don't have experience in that industry and it's something you want to move into, mm-hmm. transferable skills are where it's at. You have to show that you know how to do things. Maybe it's not in the same industry, but you've done it before. Mm-hmm. And when you get into organizations that are more um, the nonprofits, the you know, community focused, uh, working on social problems and things like that. That's where they're really going to look at the volunteer uh, experience okay. more because they want to see what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So they want to know that you're going to be committed to their cause. So any mission based kind of company, you really want to make sure you have that volunteer experience on there. Mm-hmm. Well, and. From a business perspective, and you know, you've mentioned the word culture several times, job candidates need to be researching the companies themselves. And, and so maybe they see that, you know, they have applied for a job at ABC company and their culture is very uh, much based on giving back to the community, you know, things like that. I, I recently interviewed Ray Pikowski on the program, and that's a huge part of his company is giving back to their community. So then, you know, if you were applying to them, you'd better beef up your own section, I'm guessing, on how much, you know, you have been involved as a volunteer, again, because they're looking for that cultural fit. Right, right. And a lot of companies are moving in that kind of community service, giving back, social responsibility mm-hmm. realm. And and that's a I just love seeing that happen because. Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, I won't tell you how many years ago because it'll make me sad that I'm this old, (laughs) (laughs) but 
but I five or ten. Five yeah, or 10. yeah. It was just a few years ago. I worked at. Um, I was working at a law firm, and on our lunch hour, they would give you an extra hour, so you had two hours. And twice a month, we would go as a group from the law firm into a school in one of the disadvantaged neighborhoods in the city, and we'd spend two hours tutoring. Um, non-English speaking students, they were mostly uh, Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. in spelling and math and helping them learn to read. Mm-hmm. And those kids, they were, I think, second and third graders. Mm-hmm. Those kids loved the attention. And my Spanish was not very good. But for me, the fulfillment, when I could see the light bulb go off in a child's head when they got how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, Mm -hmm. because someone had that personal attention with them, was just, you know, it's still, all these years later, just warms my heart when I think about Mm -hmm. the time I spent with those kids. And I love that that law firm, so many years ago, found that community service as a core value and Mm -hmm. gave time off. They paid us to do this. Right. To, to, to go help someone else. Mm-hmm. And so if that kind of thing is in your background and you haven't thought about putting it on your profile, definitely put it there mm-hmm. because it is sometimes a deciding factor. If, mm-hmm. if you're applying for a company where that's a core value and part of their culture and they want to know that everyone they hire shares that value, mm-hmm. then, you know, why omit it? You know, it right. gives you the edge over the person who hasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Or at least hasn't told people that they do it. Right. 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 Because it, it's, you know, so many people think, well, that's my personal side. So it doesn't have any business being on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and, and, and so, okay, maybe you don't want to put it there, but post it on Facebook, you know, because again, mm-hmm. you know, people are, are looking at those things. So let's talk about some of the negatives that mm-hmm. recruiters find and um i had had shared uh i i really like the resource job vite j-o-b-v-i-t-e they've got tons of resources but they do surveys every year of kind of the job market and and you know all those various things and they recently came out with one that that talks about the negative things that recruiters and hr people when they see it on social media it is the big red flag and it's funny that, you know, I was looking at this and I was thinking, holy cow, I'm, uh, you know, why are people even posting things like this? But, you know, <clears throat> that shows my age probably more than anything. <laughs> but, you know, so let's, let's kind of, because so what's happened is they've, they've, you know, as we said, they've gone to your Facebook, they've gone to Instagram, to Snapchat, whatever, and they've seen this. And so top of the list was marijuana use. If they see that 61% of recruiters, that's it, you're done. Um, you know, and, 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 and like I said, I can't believe people would post pictures like that, but they do. But again, it might be out of context. You know, maybe, maybe the person has cancer. Maybe they have glaucoma. Um, maybe they were just joking and not really smoking, you know, and, and all these various Mm -hmm. things. But, you know, that's, that is one of those big things that recruiters, I mean, and, and I mean, that's kind of an obvious duh thing, but people are posting pictures and, and talking about it. They are. And, and that whole legalization of, of marijuana is a hot topic in HR mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of employers still do pre-employment drug screening. Right. They do on the job random drug mm-hmm. testing. And 
at the federal level, it's still illegal. Right. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really tricky error mm-hmm. or an area. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, the survey is probably accurate because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, well, what I do on my own time is my own business. Right. But, you know, how many times do you carry your personal life with you mm-hmm. into your work every right. single day? Mm-hmm. You don't check it at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes with you. It you affects have a your day. With your spouse, you got in a car wreck, whatever. Yeah, you, that goes yeah. into the office with you. Your child is sick. Mm-hmm. You don't feel well, whatever. Um, you know, so all that goes through an employer's mind. And they're looking at things like, well, if they're doing that, you know, absenteeism, reliability, mm-hmm. safety. Um, you know, they may not be breaking the state law, but they're still breaking a federal law. Mm-hmm. So what does that say about them in terms of integrity, mm-hmm. things like that? So, you know, just don't do it. Right, right. Just don't do it. Right. Well, then the, the next big thing that is a major no-no, according to recruiters, is if you have political rants on social media. And I love this. I thought this was just, you know, hilarious. But, of course, it is very serious. And, and, of course, the, the, the key word in there is rant, because one person's what they think is a civilized comment, a civilized post might be considered a, a rant by somebody else. And and 51 percent of the recruiters in this survey said, uh-uh, no, they don't want to see it. Right. And And, you know, that old saying, I don't know where it comes from, politics and religion, you should never... I live in the Bible yeah, Belt, so, you know, that's a yeah, little different, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, you know, from that perspective, it causes an employer to wonder and, and, and our, the political climate today is so divided. It's so polarized and I don't want to get into, you know, who's right, who's wrong. Right. I think, you know, everybody has an opinion mm-hmm. and some of what I see on Facebook is People not being open minded, Mm -hmm. they're not they're not engaging in a constructive dialogue. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, coming from a place of emotion rather than facts. There's Mm -hmm. so much stuff out there. You don't even know what news is real and what news is fake. And and that kind of falls in line with this is like I find and and these are people that I they're my friends and they should be smarter than this. Mm -hmm. They're posting things that come from. You know, I'll look at them and I'll say, that's obviously a fake I love it when they, when they share it from The Onion. I'm like, no, folks. The yeah. Onion is satire. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, so I think just, you know, again, just don't do not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially, right. you know, if you're in a job search or do it in a way that makes it not public and mm-hmm. findable by other people mm-hmm. that, you know, It just, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but Mm -hmm. when you're doing this publicly, you're showing not just your political beliefs, but how you interact with others and how you respond to people who disagree with you. And guess what? That happens in the workplace, too. So if you have this political rant going and you're being perceived by whoever's reading that as disrespectful Mm -hmm or rigid or not open to a, an opposing view or mm-hmm. unwilling to consider things that, you know, are more holistic and a global view, mm-hmm. all of that can be read into how you're interacting with the people. And like you said, somebody could have posted what they thought was, 
you know, a, a well-intentioned dialogue. Mm-hmm. They wanted to start a dialogue that got to a result. And then things rapidly in the comments, they can go out of control, right. like right. immediately. So did you shut that down mm-hmm. or did you engage in it? Right. You know, something like that happens mm-hmm. on my page. I just say, hey, you know what? This is my page. This doesn't belong here. Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't swear on my page. Mm-hmm. Deleting the comments. Mm-hmm. Gonna, you know, unfollow you. May not unfriend you, but I will unfollow you. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things. So all of that, an employer is going to look at and say, oh, if they're doing that with their personal life, is that also going to be how they're going to act in their professional right. life? And nine times out of ten, it's you know those traits don't get turned on and off at mm-hmm. the door to the office. Right. You know what are they like at the the water cooler? I don't know. If- Businesses still even have water coolers, but the employee, you know, the the break room, you know, all of those various places. Right, right. So we've only got about five minutes left, and there's another one of these um, interesting findings from the survey that I definitely want to touch on because it it really pertains to this. And it's that 12% of recruiters saw a limited social presence as a negative. And, And I find that so interesting because so many people think, well, I just won't be there. You know, that they won't be able to find anything because I'm not there. But this is kind of counterintuitive because recruiters actually see that as a negative. Why do you think that is? I think because so much of our life now revolves around being online. Mm-hmm. Right. So people I, I just had a call with someone this morning who said email isn't the way to reach me anymore. They want to text text yep. or Video chat, mm-hmm. Snapchat, that's how they communicate with people. Mm-hmm. So if you're not online, then you might be perceived as well, somebody who doesn't get technology. Right. Behind the times. Behind the times. Yeah. But I also caution my clients that just because someone is not online doesn't mean they should not consider them. Right. Because... There are people, and and I have a family member who has zero online presence because he doesn't want that digital footprint, right. mm-hmm. you know, because it follows you forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. just does not go away. And he's like, you know what? And you mentioned earlier, it's kind of big brother-like. It is mm-hmm. a bit scary. Like all this stuff is out there. So if you Google this family brother's name, you don't find anything on him. Mm-hmm. But he is one of the smartest people I know. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because if I were a recruiter and I Googled, it really would be the, well, why doesn't he have anything? You know, that that thought Mm -hmm. of what's wrong with him, you know, because, excuse me, everybody's on Facebook. Right. So, you know, and so I and, you know, so I tell people, okay, you know, maybe you don't want to go there. LinkedIn, you still really should. Have. And of course, LinkedIn is different. You don't typically have the political rants. You don't have the pictures that are questionable, you know, all those various things. So at least have a presence on LinkedIn, folks. Yeah, I would agree with that because LinkedIn seems to be, and I don't know if it's in this job bite survey or another one, but the LinkedIn profiles are one of the primary tools mm-hmm. that people use to search for candidates. Right. So you know, at least at a minimum, be on LinkedIn because there you can show your professional side very easily. 
And there are lots of free tools and things like that to learn how to use it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know Debbie recommended earlier, pay someone. Mm -hmm. If you can't pay someone, Google it because there's a YouTube video that will walk you through it step-by-step for free. So, there's no, there's no excuse, really. And, and I tell people, look at similar profiles. You know, if mm-hmm. you are, say, you know, a director of marketing, well, wait a minute, that's, you, you should better, better be able to write a profile if you're a director of marketing. Right. Um, <laughs> a computer, you know, you're a computer graphic designer. Then look at other people's profiles to see how they did it. Now, never, ever, 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 never, ever cut and paste, but, you know, look and see how they wrote their profiles. That's a great way to kind of get started and think about what people are looking for. Yeah, exactly. Like if you go to my LinkedIn profile and anybody who's listening, please feel free to send me a connection request, but it's very clear in the first paragraph of my profile and my title, what I do and who should connect with me. Right, right. So that's really the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I think what we need to do, Rebecca, is have you on again and just okay. do one on LinkedIn. You know, because okay. I think that really is so very important. And, you know, maybe we look at, at doing it in May or so for, uh, because there's obviously college students who are graduating. So, you know, what are the basics that people need to have in LinkedIn? You know, you mentioned if people don't have a lot of job experience, what are their volunteer things? You know, how do you word them? All those various things. Because, you know, we can't be telling people to use LinkedIn if we're not going to help them lose, use it. Right. Oh, I agree. I would love to do that. Great. Cool, cool. Well, until then, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Okay. Well, I've already told people you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You can also visit my website, which is YOLOinsights.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, my all my social media handles are at YOLO Insights. So I'm on Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of those sites. So pretty easy to find me. And as we mentioned, you know, obviously people should connect with you if they are somebody who hires people or might potentially hire people because they're such great tips. But the flip side goes too that, you know, if you are looking for a job or thinking that hmm, you might have to in the future, you've got great information there too. I do. And I also, if I can put in one shameless plug here, of course, of I course. have written the book, The YOLO Principle, The oh, Ultimate yes. Hiring Guide for Small Business, mm-hmm. which is a great resource for someone who needs to kind of have a more structured system for hiring, Mm -hmm. but also from a job seeker perspective, this is great intel for you so that you know Mm -hmm. what to tell someone who maybe doesn't have the clarity that they would get if they had read this book. Mm -hmm. You can help them by doing their work for them Mm -hmm. and getting in the door and, and just being that great resource that they didn't even know they needed. But Mm -hmm. now you've, you've taught them something. Because you're speaking their language. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. Well, holy schmoly, we've done it again. We filled the hour. And like I said, we will have you on again to do a LinkedIn training seminar, you know, however, whatever we want to call it, an hour's worth of LinkedIn. Um, We'll have you in the in the near future. So we'll make sure that we get you scheduled. And until then, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Rebecca Barnes Hogg. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques 
to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.